Hey, good to be here today. Uh, if you're um, watching online, great to have you join us as well. Uh, <coughs> greetings from Eagle Hawk. Uh, we had a great time there this morning and uh, uh, it is really good to be across town here. Today we continue our series, Not Alone, and if you've got your Bibles, you might like to turn to John chapter 16. Um, if you didn't um, bring your Bible, it's going to be on the screen there. Um, but uh, we're going to continue our series and a uh, really great passage of Scripture today uh, to dive into. Uh, one of the things that I love to do is to watch the Olympics every four years, sit down and uh, just uh, with a cup of tea at night, uh, in the Lazy Boy watching uh, the Olympic Games. Uh, <clears throat> I like the, uh, the athleticism, I like uh, the camaraderie that goes on, I, I like the human endeavour, the competition, I like the variety of sports. We get cricket and we get footy all year round, which is really good, but to see those variety or, or those other sports is a really um, good thing. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> last year, the, had the chance, obviously, of watching uh, the Olympics and um, it was supposed to be the 2020 Olympics, but it was uh, postponed because of the pandemic and uh, it was just great to see uh, Australia there in Tokyo um, part of those games. Equally, I like to watch the Paralympics and um, once again, the athleticism, the... Uh, uh, the uh, the competition, the mateship that goes on, uh, the, the hope that Australia uh, will do really well sits there really strong. I just love to see um, people compete and to see people rise above uh, whatever has uh, happened in their world to still chase dreams. I love it. I love it. Um, uh, I particularly like wheelchair rugby. Uh, wheelchair rugby is one of those things that, uh, you know, you reckon uh, normal rugby is brutal, watch wheelchair rugby, it's, it's a pretty um, brutal sport. Or Dylan uh, Elcott, who has uh, done so well in tennis, you know, just watching him um, succeed. Um, a few years back, I um, had the, the privilege of meeting uh, a Paralympian that's um, based here or grew up here in Bendigo. Um, her name is Brie Melberg, or now Wright, and uh, she, she uh, grew up here in Bendigo. Um, she uh, was a promising athlete from the get-go. She was a gymnast in the early days. She switched to diving. She did really well in diving, um, succeeding at the highest level. Um, but uh, unfortunately had, a, had an accident where... Uh, she was uh, in, in one of these trampoline uh, centres um, and dived into a pit of foam um, that wasn't compacted and uh, went straight through the foam um, and collided with the concrete floor and broke her neck. And as a result, uh, largely spends her time uh, now in a wheelchair. But... Um, Bree competed in uh, last year's Paralympics as a part of the Australian wheelchair uh, basketball team and uh, had the privilege of watching her on TV. Um, it was really, really cool. Um, she's a phenomenal person. She's somebody who is uh, inspiring to be around. She's gone on and she's just completed a PhD in cancer genetics and just is a great person. Um, 
when you hear her story of uh, the, the journey after the accident, many, uh, uh, a long time uh, in recovery uh, to try and get back and doing the things that she loved is, is really inspiring. She overcome um, her circumstances to achieve great things. And uh, this morning, um, I want to ask that question to you is, when you think of the word overcome, what do you think of? Um, certainly for me, I, I think of Brie. Um, uh, if, you go, if you dive off into the dictionary, you'll see all sorts of definitions of um, the word overcome. But this one struck a chord with me. It says this, success in dealing with a problem or difficulty. For someone like Brie or for, for many Paralympians, um, their ability to overcome their situation to achieve great things is very much um, a part of their their world. Um, what about the original language um, in the Bible? Because we know that this passage this morning holds a really key verse for us that I want to dive into, verse 33, where Jesus says, I have overcome. And so what, is, what are some of the words that are connected to this um, uh, word overcome uh, in the original language? Well, it's overpower, to conquer, to pull through, um, to subdue, um, to conquer, to re- uh, prevail, to get the victory. And this morning I want us to, to read this passage um, as a part of this series, um, Not Alone, um, but particularly focus in on verse 33. Um, John chapter 16, 25 to 33 says this, I have spoken of these matters in, in figures of speech, but soon I will stop speaking figuratively and will tell you plainly all about the Father. Then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I come from God. Yes, I came from the Father into the world and now I will leave the world and return to the Father. Um, The disciples said, um, I I chuckle at this statement because I've just read something that's like, what what is that about? Um, But they say this, um, at last you are speaking plainly. (laughs) Um, uh, and not figuratively. Now we understand that that you know everything and there's no need to question you. From this we believe that you came from God. Um, Jesus asks, do you finally believe? But the time is coming, indeed, it's here now, when you will be scattered, which is um, uh, a reference to Zechariah, by the way. Uh, Each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. I've told you all this so that you will have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. This verse 33 is where I want to camp. Because I think in these statements, Jesus says basically three statements here that are quite profound for our journey Um, in uh, faith, our our walk with the Lord. The disciples, as we know, uh, were were somewhat, um, they didn't completely, they were complex, they didn't completely understand what Jesus was actually um, um, talking about and um, feeling quite nervous about what was ahead. But yet he says this, this first statement in verse 33 there, I have told you this so that you may have peace in me 
Um, Jesus had spent three years closely with his disciples. He had modelled life. He, had, he was um, correcting them. He was inspiring them. He was doing life together. Um, and when you read back through John and particularly um, just through the, the Gospels in general, you come across all sorts of, th- uh, you know, great things that Jesus was doing and saying. Um, you, you go back and early part of John, he turns water into wine, he, um, he heals people, he feeds people, he raises people to life, um, he washes the disciples' feet. Um, Jesus spoke about this new way of living, of where, where people would... Um, love God with all their heart and love their neighbour as their self, this, that would be entrenched in the DNA of this community, this new community. Um, Jesus, uh, we know in this chapter, promises uh, the Holy Spirit, um, some, uh, someone that was going to comfort and counsel and strengthen, give wisdom and guidance to. He spoke about the fact that he was going to a place um, and that he was going to prepare that place and then come and take us home with him. So he was saying all these incredible things. He was doing incredible things. And peace is found in those things that Jesus said and, do, and did. But more importantly, in the very person of Jesus. Peace can be found in the person of Jesus. I've told you this so that you may find peace in me, in me. You know, I'm reading a book at the moment called Good and, uh, The Good and Beautiful God by James Brian Smith. And the chapter that I've just finished talked about the cross and um, uh, the importance of the cross, the centrality of the cross to faith. That the death of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection is pivotal. It's the central thing to, um, to, to what it means to follow Jesus, to accept that. To believe that, to believe that, that he willingly, out of love, gave his life for you and for me is a profound thing. And it gives us peace. The death and the resurrection is cent- central to everything. Um, Jesus reminds his disciples and he reminds us that he can, we can find a peace in all of, all of our life situations um, because of who he is is um remembering in this statement by the way that jesus had not yet died so this is very much a prophetic word that that is happening can i ask a question this morning are you finding peace in your situation or is it tearing you apart jesus invites us to trust him with our situation he knows and he cares and he goes on and he he says to his disciples a second statement here here on earth you will find many trials and sorrows um it's interesting that he uses the word will you will it's not like we um can avoid uh the hardships of life some of some of uh, some part of me when i hear um the prosperity um doctrines a part of me goes yeah gee i like that the carnal part of me says, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that. But the reality of life and the reality of reading Scripture and the truth about Scripture is that it reveals that there is hardships, there's trials and there's sorrows that sit in our journey. I um, recently, as you know, went to the Northern Territory um, on a mission trip to do um, a maintenance job in a church uh, on Numbawa. And um, pre-going, I had, um, had the flu. And then I got COVID, and so I wasn't feeling 100% uh, 
before I went. And in fact, I asked the question, should I be even going to myself? But I quickly answered that, of course you should be going. Um, not getting the counsel of anybody else. Um, uh, that's a danger, isn't it? Um, finding wisdom in your own, own sort of um, knowledge. But anyway, I made the decision to go. And when I got to uh, the NT, um, it, was, it was all good until I got out to Numbawa, which is about 10 hours' drive from Darwin. And uh, the combination of dust and the combination of the mould that we were dealing with in the uh, Renault um, of the church or the painting of the church just triggered off some really bad things with my lungs. And I, I, uh, we arrived on a Friday night and on a Saturday we were on, on the job and Saturday lunchtime I went home for lunch and I said to the, the, the team, I can't go back, I can't breathe. I was saying Ventolin every hour and it was just doing nothing. And um, so I, I began to... I began to sort of get into my own head a bit and uh, say things like, oh, is, is this it? Is my final hour at Numbawa in the Northern Territory? Um, you know, I, I was started thinking about, oh, this is not good because my family going to have to worry about t- you know, bringing me back down to, to, to Bendigo in a box. And, oh, you know, you go there, don't you? Let's be honest, we go there. Um, and um, I, I went, uh, I, we, Sunday we had off and Monday morning I went straight up to the local GP who comes in every Monday to Wednesday and uh, she thought I was having something wrong with my heart and so she put me on an ECG and that was all okay, she took bloods and that was all okay and she said you just got really bad asthma and gave me some steroids and I was able to get through um, the next four days of pain of the job and we completed the job. Um, I tell you that because that's, that, that was a hard time. You asked any of the, the crew that went, you asked Clinton here this morning how, how, what it was like sleeping in a room with me um, coughing and splattering and not breathing at night. Um, then I went from, um, I, I, we, we, we finished the job, we went back to Northern Territory and then I went down to see my father in Perth or down in Bunbury. And um, I hadn't seen him for three and a half years and when I first saw him my heart sunk because he had deteriorated in his health. He'd become frail. And I found myself not... In, in a space of, oh, I'm going back to Bunbury to sit on the beach, but to care now for an ageing father who's 93. And so I had this, this, this two weeks, that uh, 17 days that I was away for, which I was really looking forward to, ended up being full of um, situations that felt tar- hard and tough. And, I, and in that moment, I had to trust God. I had to reach out and I had to say to God, hey God, if this is it, if Psalm 139 is right and my days are ordained for me, if Numbawar is it, then I, I trust you with that. I, I, I'm down in Bunbury and I'm looking at, at um, uh, my father and I'm saying, God, um, I trust you with, with him. 93 years is a long time to live. I trust you in this moment. Give me wisdom to say the things that I need to say to someone. Um, who is ageing and failing in health. I had to trust, I had to lean in and um, I had to, in that moment, um, trust God. You see, I think that the, the trials of life, the hardships of life that come our way, they do help us, they shape us in our faith journey. They, they cause a deeper trust to develop in our, in our world. Jesus goes on and he says a third statement. And I love this. I love this statement. If this is the one that you want to um, just write down and take away and think about, 
He says this, but take heart because I've, I have overcome the world. Take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus is saying this to encourage the disciples that he's about to, to, to complete the mission, that he's given everything they need to overcome whatever comes their way. Um, Jesus, he overcame the world. He overcame temptation. He overcame um, rejection. He overcame death. He is central. The very essence of who he is is central to what we believe and how we overcome this world, how we overcome our situation is to focus on Jesus and who he is. You know, I uh, have the privilege of being in several groups um, here at Bendigo Baptist Church. We, we call them vehicles. I'm in several cars, to use in-house terminology, which is um, gatherings um, with people of around three or four. And we talk discipleship. And I was in a, in a gathering on Thursday night and we were talking about this very subject, about Jesus and the cross. And was there some other way was the question. Could have there been another way? Could have Jesus just put humanity in the naughty corner and done something to appease um, uh, the result of turning our heads away from him and doing our own thing? And the answer is no. There was no other way. There is only one way that um, God can redeem the relationship with humanity and himself, which through the death of his son on the cross. Jesus is central. Um, Jesus has overcome death. A belief in him um, means that we can live in that space or in that world or in that um, uh, freedom of uh, victory. Um, there's many examples of people who have overcome in, in Scripture and uh, the one that jumps out to me the most is probably Job. You know, Job lost everything. And even, even the thing that, was, that he did have, which was his wife, his wife said, you know, um, go and die. Now, that's, that's nice. You know, um, uh, I don't hear that from my wife. She might think that, but <laughs> he had it tough. But he never, ever wavered his faith in a God who is good, that created it all, who knows everything and provided a way for each and every one of us to know him. You know, the greatest example of overcoming is Jesus. And he is so central um, to, to our faith journey. I love the words, take heart. And I think that Jesus, um, you know, when he says this, he's trying to encourage his disciples and he's encouraging us today is to be encouraged by this, to be encouraged that he has won the battle. You know, I think of the AFL grand final last weekend. I didn't get to see uh, a lot of the game, most of the game. Um, I was at an engagement party and I came in um, after the party and saw the half-time score. And my immediate words were this, they've won. And the bit that I saw of the second half of the game is um, 
a team that knew they had won playing in a grand final. They played with confidence. They, play, they played knowing that they had got this. They had it in the bag. And there was, a, there was another level of skill that came out. And um, uh, they knew that they were on the winning... They knew that they were the winning team. They knew that they were the best team for the year. Um, you know, as followers of Jesus... Um, knowing that he has overcome, he's won the battle, he has the victory, to live in that space, to live in that realm of saying, you know what, Um, whatever life is throwing my way, whatever the world is saying, whatever the people around me are saying, whatever my family is saying, whatever situation I've got at work, whatever situation I've got in relationships, that Jesus has won the battle. And that we can live in that confidence of knowing that we can um, um, journey through this life as conquerors, as Romans 8.37 says. Um, I, I want to leave you with four um, uh, things that um, I guess will just help us live out this reality this morning. Um, these are macro statements, just to give you a bit of insight into who I am. I'm not a micro thinker. Um, I like big picture stuff. And so these are big picture statements, okay? Um, The first is this. Know who you are um, as a child of God. If we're going to live a life that is victorious, that we believe that the battle has been won, then know who you are as a child of God. Um, This whole um, idea of our identity found in him and not in everything around us and in uh, what the world would say is such a big thing. Knowing that um, he loves us, um, that he cares for us, that we are a part of his family. Wow, a part of the family of God. That's, that's, that's a staggering thing to think of the inheritance that we have because we're part of the family of God, a part of the kingdom. Think about the, 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 the promises that sit there for us, the blessings that come our way. The, the fact that our position as, as followers of Jesus is in, in a God who cares and who, who is sovereign and who created the universe is such an important thing. Secondly, pursue intimacy with God. Um, it's interesting, in this um, uh, passage here, um, <clears throat> Jesus refers to uh, his father six times. And uh, well, the whole passage is actually, uh, um, chapter 16 uh, is, is, you know, it's got the Father, it's got the Son, it's got the Holy Spirit there, it's got this whole Trinitarian doctrine that sits right heavily in that, that passage. But um, this reference to his Father, you know, why? The question is there, why? Um, because I think Jesus was expressing the reality of the intimate relationship that he had with his dad. Um, you know, I think of, I think of my relationship um, that I have with particularly my wife. I love her. I hope she loves me. Um, and, and that relationship is, is, is strong. Um, you want to you wanna spend time together. Sometimes I feel like I'm chasing my wife around the house um, because I'm a, I'm a person of quality time. She's an acts of service person. So she's busy doing things because that's her expression of love. But my, mine is I just want to sit and have a cuppa and chat about life. And it's like, come on. Um, but 
Um, we've had to work that out. This is not a marriage, um, uh, you know, a, a counselling session, guys. Okay, I'm not. Yeah. Um, uh, but but because we love each other, it's inevitable that you want to hang with each other and spend time with each other, grow old together, all that sort of stuff. It's it's a beautiful thing. You know, God loves us. Verse 27 there, it says, For the Father himself loves you dearly. Talking to his disciples, talking to us here today. He loves you because you love me, talking to about himself and believe that I come from God. He loves you. Jesus died for you. Wouldn't, would not the response be that you, you build an intimate relationship um, with him? We did a series called um, spiritual disciplines that feed the soul. Um, the, the, these, these things that were suggested weren't, they're not meant to be a rod to your back, they're meant to be a way of creating um, a loving relationship with a good God who loves us. They're things that we can put in place to build intimacy with God. Um, I, I, um, I, at the moment, for some reason, I'm getting woken up at one o'clock in the morning and I normally am awake for a couple of hours. Now, when this first happened, I was cranky because I knew that if I lose sleep, that I'll be crankier in the morning. Um, but it, it, it's happening for, for this um, uh, season at the moment. Um, and I, I made a decision to just spend time praying with God, um, to speaking to him, to, to um, hearing from him, to interceding on behalf of the church for... Um, for you guys to hear, and uh, I, I, uh, I, I now almost look forward to that. And I don't wake up in the morning now feeling like, oh, I've lost two hours sleep, I'm, I'm wrecked for the day sort of thing. I wake up feeling fine. That intimacy with God in that moment is just a powerful thing. Uh, um, you know, obeying Christ is an expression of our love um, to him. Uh, I can't think of a, a better way to live um, uh, thirdly, to know and to live out what we believe. Um, this is particularly something that I, I feel like us as a church is chasing hard and that's a good thing. Our discipleship culture that we're fostering here um, is intentional. It's meant to be a part of what we want to do moving forward um, and it's, it's, it's exciting because um, knowing and living out what we believe is such a big part of what it means to be light and salt in the world around us. Um, Romans, uh, in James, sorry, it talks about um, a man looking in a mirror and forgetting uh, them what he looks like. That doesn't happen to me, by the way. Um, when you look in the mirror, it's like, oh. Um, but um, for, for many of us, we, 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 um, we, we often will gaze into who God is, the goodness of God and the beauty of God and and um, the amazing attributes of God and then we quickly forget in the moments of trials and temptations who, who we belong to and who God is and what that means for us in that moment. Um, it's just a part of our human condition. I think, you know, um, uh, Jesus talking about this community of love, this, this new um, way of living, Paul expressing that. Um, imagine a place where uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control just flourished. Imagine what that would mean for our community. Imagine what that would mean for you individually. I can't think of a better way to live. You know, even if the Bible and what God is saying is not true, 
If that's what it is, if it's not true, then I can't think of a, a better way to live than um, that. But it is true. Everything that he says in his word is truthful. It's a guide for life. Um, you know, I, I think we do enter into that place of believing the lies that are often spoken over our, our world and us um, as a church and individually. I think the brokenness that we see in the Garden of Eden is, is Adam and Eve being disobedient to God. And I think a part of our journey is, is to do as what Jesus said in, in, the, in the final statement to his disciples. Um, go and make disciples, disciples and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. This whole idea of knowing and living out what we believe is so key. It is so key to, to us and our journey and our community. That's what we want the community to see, is a loving, caring, God-fearing community of people who, who put God first and each other um, around us um, instead of ourselves first. And so... Um, uh, I, I think that, that knowing and living out what we believe is such a key thing. And finally, to stand in faith. To stand in faith. You know, one of the things that I, I, I learnt very quickly in the NT, in the Northern Territory at Numbawa, is, is to have complete faith in a God who cares and knows. To, to, um, to in those moments where we don't quite understand or we don't quite kind of agree maybe with what God might be doing his ways and his, his um, ideas are much bigger than ours and much better than ours and perfect. And trusting him and, and building that faith um, or that life of faith is such a key thing. Um, Romans, the righteous will live by faith. Corinthians, we live by faith, not by sight. We're a people who are meant to, to trust God in the moment, whatever that looks like for us. And so a way of con concluding today, I want to ask this question. It's a rhetorical question that sits in verse 31. Um, when Jesus says, do you finally believe? Um, my question to us today is, do you believe? Do you believe what Jesus has done at the cross? That he loved us and that he died for us. Do you believe that? Do you believe that he's overcome, that he's conquered, he's won the battle? Do you live a life that, that displays that in every way? Life, um, uh, Jesus' life, his ways, what he said, who he is, is, is captivating. Totally captivating. Um, his death and his resurrection... The fact that he's gone to prepare a place for us and he's coming back to take us home. These are beautiful things. I want to finish by, by reading 1 John 1, 1-5. It says this. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And, any, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commandments. In fact, this is love, this is love for God, to keep his commandments. And his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has, that has overcome the world, even our faith. 
Who is it that then, who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Friends, those watching online, this is the greatest message that um, we, we can speak about. The Christian church, that's, that, that is the total message. That if we believe in Jesus Christ, what he's done, then we are part of his family. We are part of God's family. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we, um, we just come to the, the end of um, this series and uh, we just recognise that uh, you are God who has made a way for each and every one of us to know you. Uh, you have, uh, have won the battle. You have the victory. You have overcome. And because of that and our belief in you, uh, Lord, we are in a place where we can live a life victoriously, that we can journey through this world with all its ups and downs and its trials and its hardships and, and have peace because we know that you have conquered. You have conquered death, paving a way for each and every one of us to enjoy life to the full, and we thank you for that and us today that you would do a work in our lives in a way that you haven't done before because we're willing to step out in a bigger faith and trust you, believing in you, knowing that you are a God who loves and cares for us. And so, Lord, we pray these things in your precious name. Amen.